G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef, introducing the topic of today's Leading the Way. Do you know that it is easier to believe a lie that has been given to you that you have heard a thousand times than the truth to which you're exposed to only smittily. And you know that is why the media and their whole world system is conspiring, continuously conspiring to make the believers believe one lie after another. And I dare say that most of us, including myself, have fallen into one of these lies. All because we do not understand the nature and the character of our enemy. Hello and welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Experiencing a clear call from God into ministry, young Michael fled his homeland of Egypt, attending Bible school in Australia, seminary in California, and completing postgraduate work in Atlanta. After years of travelling extensively as a popular teacher of evangelism and church leadership, he founded a local church in Atlanta, the Church of the Apostles, where Leading the Way was formed. Dr. Yusuf still serves as pastor, and people around the world benefit from his spirit-led journey. Today's message is an episode from the series Know Your Real Enemy. See how Satan uses distraction and deception in an attempt to subvert the gospel of Jesus. Here's Dr. Yusuf to begin. The first characteristics about your enemy and the enemy of your soul is deception. The first thing you need to know about his characteristics is that he is a deceiver. He's a distorter, duplicator, deviant, and deluded, which we'll look at next message. But today we're going to see his primary characteristics, and that is deception. Names such as devil and Satan are very significant words. Don't dismiss them because they mean deceiver, slanderer. That is what the characteristic of your enemy is all about. There is one thing about deceivers that you must know, right up front, and it is this. Deceivers begin by deceiving themselves first, and then they succeed in deceiving others. They delude themselves first, then they're able to delude others. We saw, first of all, how Lucifer was one of the most beautiful of all the created angelic beings that God created. He was there in the presence of God. He had access to the throne of God. But then he became full of pride. He wanted to dethrone God. He wanted to sit on the throne of God. He wanted to sit in God's place. He was prideful. He did not want to be obeyer of God's command. He wanted to be God. And consequently, God threw him out of heaven. Then we saw how Satan has copied the hierarchical structure of the angelic beings into his own satanic activities. Devils of all rank and class. 
and how he uses those fallen beings, those fallen angels, those demons to oppress, harass, and distress the believers in Jesus Christ. Today, and the next message, we're going to examine your enemy's characteristics, his characteristics. And the question I want you to be thinking about as I'm going through this sermon today, I want you to think about this question. You can only ask it of yourself, and you can only answer it to yourself, not to anybody else. Do I resemble my real enemy or my Lord Jesus Christ? Is my lifestyle modeled on the character of the enemy of my soul or the character of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I imitate the enemy of God or do I endeavor to imitate the Savior of my soul? Do I deceive, slander, and malign or do I encourage, uplift, and uphold? Think about this as we go through this message. The first thing you need to know about deception, it is this. It is the primary characteristic of your enemy and the enemy of your soul. Write it down. And your enemy never comes to you and said, Now, uh, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, I want to deceive you today. <laughs> He's too clever for that. He knows that will not be deception. Someone said, Satan is not fighting churches. He is joining them. For he does more harm by sowing tares than by pulling up wheat. He accomplishes more by imitation than outright opposition. In fact, the most dangerous lie of all is the lie that resembles the truth. <laughs> when Satan came to Eve in the garden, he didn't say to her, Eve, if you obey me instead of God, you and all my fallen angels are going to be in the lake of fire which has been prepared for us. Now, they'll be stupid. And the devil is not stupid. And that is not what he told. The Bible said in Revelation 12, 9, he said the devil is the one who deceived the whole world. Where can he begin deceiving the whole world? First of all, he began by taking third of the angelic being. He deceived them and got them into trouble. So if he's going to deceive the whole world, he then went to the premier parents. He went to Adam and Eve. And he knew if he can get them, he can get the rest. So he deceived them in order to be able to deceive the world. You know the problem with the story of Adam and Eve, the, their creation, is so well known to most Christians that they really take it for granted. And they do not stop to reflect upon the deception of the enemy of God. Satan didn't come out Eve and said, well, look Eve... God is a good God and all that stuff. But he really lied to you. That's exactly what he really said, plainly. That's what he said. But he's too subtle for that. He's too subtle. He's in effect said, Eve, did really God say it that way? <laughs> did you hear it right? Did you really understand it that way? And you know what he did? Please listen carefully. He made it possible for Eve to debate the issue. Listen, if Satan can get you, can get me to begin to debate any of the issues that have settled in the Word of God, he's two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> You're a dead duck. If he gets you to begin to debate it, if he gets you to debate the rightness and the wrongness of cheating on your income tax, He's two-thirds of the way there. If he gets you to debate the rightness and the wrongness of getting close to somebody of the opposite sex other than your spouse, he's two-thirds of the way there. 
If he gets you to debate the rightness and the wrongness of faithfully walking with God and dependent on God and in intimacy with God, he is two-thirds of the way there. Why? Because these issues have already been settled in the Word of God. Because God has already spoken on these issues and there is no doubt of what God meant by them. I want to give you some examples today of how Satan works. As you listen to some of these five examples, you're going to realize that I'm not a stranger to this character. I want to expose his lies and deception in the Christian church today. He'll come and say to some people, doesn't God really want every baby to be born into this world to be a wanted baby? Oh yeah, that's right, he does. <laughs> At this point, he's two-thirds of the way there. <laughs> Why? And then he continues. If the baby is not wanted, doesn't abortion mean a merciful answer to your dilemma? And then the uninformed person says, Oh yes, of course it is. And that is why we end up murdering millions of babies in this country every year. He would come to someone and he would say, You have a problem in your marriage, don't you? Yes. And the demon continues. Don't you think that God wants you to be happy? <laughs> In this country, this is, a, this is a very magical word, you know. Oh, of course. God wants me to be happy. But you're not happy, are you? No, as a matter of fact, I'm miserable. He's two-thirds of the way there. Ah, now let me tell you. You know Snookum's up on the fourth floor or <laughs> the other building or church or whatever? <laughs> She's going to make you happy. He's going to make you happy. And then we end up with half Christian marriages, end up in divorce. Now, I am not dismissing the fact that there are other heartbreaking circumstances in this whole mess. I'm giving you an example of how I watched him work in lives of people. Third example. One of the demons who come to some folks and says, well, you know, the Bible is a great book, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the Bible is a great book. Yes. Do you really think that God would write these things about bloodthirsty people and, and, and all these terrible things that are happening in, to babies in the Bible? How do you think a loving God can do this? Now, don't get me wrong. I am for the Bible as the next guy. You know what? He's two-thirds of the way there. In fact, he continues to say, you know what? I'll tell you what you do with the Bible. Put it inside a lovely golden cover from both sides. Ornaments. Very expensive cover. And you know what you can do? You can ceremoniously walk in the middle aisle in the ceremony of your church and lift it up. And as a matter of fact, I'll tell you what you can do. Read it several times in the church. But don't believe what's in it. And that's how we ended up with more than 80% of the mainline clergy do not believe that the Bible is God's self-revelation. Or take another deception that persists in many churches today. Enormous deception. I think it's a good thing for you to go to church. It's wonderful. 
Go a couple of times a year, maybe once a year. You know, when you're not busy, when you're not on the golf course, when you're not doing this, when you're not entertaining, when you're not, it's a good thing to do. It won't hurt you. Oh, after all, you know, a loving God is not going to send anybody to hell. How could he be called a loving God? That whole concept of hell was really just created by them fundamentalist preachers. They're the ones who, who came up with this idea of hell. These fundamentalist preachers, you know, they, they created this whole concept of hell. You know why? Because they don't like people to have fun. <laughs> they joy kill. These evangelicals, they just love to spoil your fun. Go ahead, live exactly the way you want. After all, God is not going to send you to hell. Or just think of the billions of people who rejected Jesus Christ. Do you think they're going to go to hell too? <laughs> At least you're a member of a church. Your name is on the rolls. You go there once a year. You're better than them. You'll be all right. But if you end up in hell, you're not going to be alone. You're going to get a lot of people with you. Good company. And so today, we have millions of church-going folks, names on the church rolls, who are in denial of the very heart and soul of the gospel of Christianity. Do you know that it is easier to believe a lie that has been given to you or that you have heard a thousand times than the truth to which you're exposed to only smittily. You will believe a lie once you're exposed to it many times. And you know that is why the media and the whole world system is conspiring, continuously conspiring to make the believers believe one lie after another. And I dare say that most of us, including myself, have fallen into one of these lies. All because we do not understand the nature and the character of our enemy. He was a deceiver from the beginning. You know when the Pharisees were rejecting Jesus who is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The full embodiment of the truth of God was in Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees rejected him. Listen to what Jesus said to them in John 8, 44. You are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desire. Wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> These are the bishops of the church you're talking about. These are the religious leaders of the church. This is the hierarchy of the church. Well, ask Jesus, don't ask me. He said he was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks according to his nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. And these religious leaders were taken in by Satan. You know what I think? Um, this is a personal opinion. I can't give you exact chapter and verse, although I'm going to get close to it in Timothy chapter 4. But I honestly believe in my own heart. And as I spend time in fasting and prayer before the Lord, and as I look at the world and I see what's going on, and I cry before God, I am convinced in my own heart that as Satan is sensing that his end is near, that the time is getting close for his deception to be exposed and he be thrown into the lake of fire. The more the time draws near, the more he turns on the heat of deception, even among those who are elect of God, even among those who are saved, even those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are falling in some of his deceptions. Right. 
No wonder the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.1, listen carefully please, now the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times that some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Paul was anticipating what is already happening, taking place in the church today, that Satan will try to dominate the religious realm so that he can be in power, that he can be in authority. And so those who mouth the name of Christ in the name of Christianity bear no resemblance whatsoever to the truth of the Word of God. That's what it taught in many a Sunday school around the country and from the pulpits in the name of God today, subtly denies the truth of God's word. I want to tell you something. If you think that the devil is going to come into the church doors and he says, "Uh uh-oh, that's not a place for me, you're already being deceived. For Satan has now moved into many a church. He has planted his standards to be their standards. He has placed his falsehood to be their gospel. He has placed his emissaries in their leadership. He has entrenched his doctrine to be their own. How does he do it? Very simply, he mixes a little bit of the truth with an ocean of deception. You see, Satan came to Eve And he came to her not just out of the blue. I am convinced in the language of the Hebrew is that he kept coming to her. He kept coming, kept talking to her, persuading her again and again. And just remember that before the fall, Adam named all the animals. He named all the reptiles. They were not frightening and hurtful creatures like they are now. I probably think that Adam would just sit with the lions and and all the, what we could have considered to be vicious wild animals today. Because they became vicious after the fall. Everything fell apart after the fall. So Satan wanted to speak to Eve, finally wanted to get to her. How would he do it? The one animal that is known in that animal kingdom for its prudence, that's the exact literal translation of the word. Not craftiness or wisdom. Well, wisdom and craftiness give you the idea. But prudent. The serpent was known for being prudent. So when Satan spoke to Eve, he spoke to her in a form of prudence. He spoke to her in a form of wisdom. He spoke to her in forms of logic. He spoke to her in form of common sense. He spoke to her in terms of social acceptability. He spoke to her in terms of forms of social conformity. And you know, as I... I read the scripture every time I read it. It's all brand new to me. And I thank God for that because I never want to get stale. I looked at this again in chapter 3. I couldn't help but notice. I noticed some incredible things here. How much Eve knew the will of God. She knew the command of God. She knew the love of God. She knew fellowship with God. But he got her to debate the issue. Is what God really said really God's word? And her sin began when she began to substitute natural reasoning for divine knowledge. Natural reasoning for divine knowledge. And I want to tell you, and I testify to you, if you ever do that and fall in that trap, you, brother, sister, in trouble. 
When Eve listened to the whisper of Satan, that was the beginning of the end. Satan takes a little bit of the truth in an ocean of falsehood and makes it look good. I want to tell you, as I travel across this land, you know what I hear Christians be saying? Oh, we want a church that meets our needs. That's deception number one A premier today. You know why? There isn't a soul alive today that can meet your needs. The pastor can't meet your needs. The Sunday school teacher can't meet your needs. Nobody can meet your needs except the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Satan knows that. So people now go to church is what I can get out of the church. What is me going to get out of the church? What is me is going to benefit from going to church? Now, here's the truth. Is when you come to worship the living God and you bow before Him and you fall before His majesty and you honor Him and you glorify Him and He said, God, you are the creator of the world. God, you are the savior of my soul. When you do that, God meets your needs. But look how He twists it. Ah, you got to meet the needs of the people first. And eventually God is going to come out of the formula. Watch it. 10 to 20 years from now, the churches that are built on meeting needs and are going to be in existence today. Because they have fallen in the deception and they replaced the honor and the majesty and the glory of God, the God of the church, with needs. Don't fall in that deception. Eve listened to the whisper of Satan, questioning the word of God. Did God really say, doesn't God want me to be happy? Doesn't God want me to have my needs fulfilled? And then her developing of her cynical attitude began by doubting the word of God. Do you know Satan's number one endeavor is to reproduce himself in others? In his children, especially. But guess what? That's exactly what God wants to do, too. Well, you've got two competing people here. God wants you and wants me to conform to the image of his beloved son. And every day of your life, every day of my life, we are to conform to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen carefully, I'm getting very close. Every time Satan succeeds in reproducing himself in you or reproducing himself in me, he does it through a lie. But when God succeeds in producing himself in you, he producing himself in me, he does it through the truth. Amen. You know, throughout the New Testament, there is one exhortation after another in regard to the use of the tongue. Why? Because the tongue is the instrument through which we so often give place to the devil. And if Satan is to reproduce himself in us, he will begin by persuading us to practice deception, to practice gossip, to practice maligning others, to practice imputing others' motives, to practice leveling false accusation, to practice spreading false rumors, to practice murmur. If he's going to succeed, that's how he'll begin. Remember my question that I asked you in the beginning of this message? I said, keep thinking about it throughout the message. Who do you resemble? Whom do you model? Whom do you imitate? 
the enemy of your soul or the Lord of your life. Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth on Leading the Way. You know, Leading the Way has officers and team members across six continents. And through ministry growth over more than 30 years, Leading the Way is uniquely positioned to reach a world in crisis. Recently, a man in Egypt shared this incredible account of his faith journey. Adam called Leading the Way with many questions. He was part of a family whose lineage goes back to the Prophet of Islam. The Leading the Way team connected him with discipleship courses, which eventually led him to a point of requesting Christian baptism. The Leading the Way field team arranged for his baptism, and afterwards he told the team, My relationship with the old heritage is discontinued. My new heritage is now in Christ. Obviously, our team has continued to stay in contact with Adam, and it's all because of you. Your regular prayer and support allows Leading the Way to reach and teach Adam and others in a world in crisis. Contact Leading the Way today to learn how to join Dr. Yusuf and team in a worldwide ministry. 1-300-133-589 1-300-133-589 or online at ltw.org ltw.org This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Connect via television, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and all of the social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.